what stops us from being creative? What what mm. kinds of things would you know concepts, ideas stops um, a human being from being creative in their life? Just to retouch on what I was kind of touching on in the beginning, we're we're born creative, right? But society, parents, school, education system automatically starts to train kids to fall in line, to not be different, to not be creative, to not think creatively, to not think outside the box. And so there's there's this societal or this group outlook that if you're different, then I could possibly be shamed. So fear's a big one. Fear of being different, fear of being mm-hmm. an outcast. Yeah. Fear right. of judgment. Fear of judgment. Yeah. Fear of uh, my, my bad um, word starts with a letter C is comparison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We start comparing ourselves to other people. So a uh, short discussion on what makes a person unique, right? Um, you have to start peeling the layers of the onion back to look at the uniqueness, right? So if you... Only look at a person and say, are they male or female? They're they're one or the other, but that doesn't provide the uniqueness of them, right? So you have to go and look at the fact that a person, um, you know, as an example, is a male. The fact that they're uh, five foot 11. The fact that they, you have a certain look about their body. They have certain skills and talents. They have a certain personality. They were born on a certain date. They were born in a certain town. Uh, the fact that they have their own life story. You, you know, when you're when you're in a um, a dating situation, I want to sit across the table uh, from a woman, and I want to get to know about the uniqueness right. of this woman. So I'm going to be asking questions or having conversation that starts drawing all of those things out to truly understand the uniqueness of who this who this woman is, right? And so, um, to to create things that are unique in the world, you have to be unique yourself. You have to understand the definition of uh, of that uniqueness, uh, and you have to look for that in in the person that you're sitting with, whether you just met them for the first time or their friends or family and have been for a while. Is what makes this person unique and how can I appreciate that and acknowledge it? Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I am your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm your other co-host, Zach Levy. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. My name is Andy McDowell, one of the co-hosts. And I'm your other co-host, Zach Levy. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, we greatly appreciate your time. Uh, we have what we think is a, a pretty good topic for discussion that maybe necessarily a lot of people don't put a lot of thought to uh, in their own lives, but it's, it's an extremely important topic when it comes to um, generating value in this world. And that topic is creativity. So we're going to explore about creativity in one's life, creativity in one's business, uh, how the two are different, how the two are same. Uh, but we're going to build upon uh, a piece that we discussed a little bit in the last episode in that the best way to predict your future is to create it. Uh, so that's why creativity is a huge part uh, in a person's life. Um, and if you think about it, uh, the words 
generate and create are synonyms uh, for each other. Uh, the in essence are talking about the same kind of theme, same kind of message, if you will, uh, in this world. So we as human beings uh, have creativity built into our DNA. We're all creative creatures. The question is, how much does it exist and participate in our lives? And do we understand our uniqueness enough of a, uh, as a human being to be able to allow that to happen? So that's what we're going to, to explore today. Beautiful. And Andy, you know, something that really stands out, I mean, this is, this is counter what society teaches. I mean, growing up, we're taught, again, I've hit on this before, but go to school, follow the rules, be just like everybody else, and just be this, this cog that really is not generating all that much value, right? Whereas the people who have generated value, um, in this world, the ultra successful people, they're different. They are creative. They've created something that is different than the rest. You look at, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, Bezos, the, the disruptors, if you will, mm -hmm. they've taken that creativity and created literally almost a whole new world instead of just following the status quo. Right. Well, society wants to pigeonhole you, so to speak, into a particular pattern. Right. Uh, and I forgot to mention, we have uh, Zach's beautiful wife, Megan, with us today uh, on this episode as well. I fail, failed to we both did. Uh, introduce <laughs> her as being on this segment. So Appreciate that, guys. Yeah. Just leaving we me were, over we here were at saving, the other side of the table. We were just saving it All as a surprise. Like a, so. Here I am. <laughs> we're, but, not, we're not perfect. But it's Andy, too, you know, it's it's got to be right at the center of what our entire podcast is about is generating value, right? Is creating something that impacts people's lives as we talked about before, but create and generate, like you said, go hand in hand, right? right. So in order to be able to generate value, you've got to create that value. You've got to formulate, if you will, right? It goes back to the why, the culture, which we'll talk about. But the big thing is we're all born creative, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, even going to, whether you're Christian or not, going to a biblical point, we're called to live as, as children. Children are creative. You look at a three-year-old, Right. It may make parents super mad, but they're drawing on the walls. They're creating things. They're putting things together. And what we do as parents, even what society does is says, don't do that. Right? right. We squash that creativity. And so from a very young age, that that massive light that could do so, so much starts being dimmed. Right. Right. And we'll sort of dive into that thought a little bit more um uh, in a few minutes here, um, let's have a short conversation about creativity in people's lives. Um, you know, I said in the in the last episode, I picked up the guitar three years ago and started teaching myself how to be how to play the guitar. Um, and people, when they when they hear that, they automatically go to thinking about the Santanas and Eddie Van Halens of the world and you're not really a guitarist unless you're at that level. Um, but no matter what level you are as playing, playing the guitar, you're still being creative, right? Um, there, there are ways to be creative in your daily life, and they don't have to be uh, significant in the world, right? So when, you, when, you, when you're creating dinner for yourself or your family, you're being creative. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you have to create a dinner and how am I going to put certain foods and drink together to create an environment uh, that brings nourishment to, to your family or your guests, depending on uh, the situation, uh, creates an atmosphere of enjoyment and happiness and so forth. 
you're being creative. If you're throwing a party together and you're inviting guests over to your house, uh, you can just throw some drinks on the table and some food and call it a party. You're being creative. Um, so I, well, I think there's too much in this world where people don't, they say, no, I'm not a creative person. Really? You're not a creative person. So you just sit in the corner of your house and you, <laughs> you don't <laughs> right. do anything. You're not being creative at all. You're not putting food on the table. You're not, right. you're not, you're not being, you're not being creative at all. You, you never buy a present for somebody and wrap it and give them as a gift. When you're doing that, you're being creative. So I think. There's a mindset change that needs to happen in people's lives to to get rid of this notion that if you're not a Van Gogh or a, an Eddie Van Halen or whatever, you're not creative. Right. Well, I think it's getting rid of the fact that to be creative, it doesn't have to be surrounded by typical art forms that we're, we're taught are the creative spaces, music, painting, drawing, poetry, stuff like that. You don't even have to be doing that to be creative. Athletes are creative, mm -hmm. you know, um, people that are, you know, building a business, they're building a brand, they're creative in that. And so you don't have to be in the typical artistic spaces to have creativity and be creative in your life. Right. Absolutely. Well, an example I love just because this relates to Megan and I is the argument of not really argument, but the discussion of, Hey, what do you want? Where do you want to go for dinner? Where do you want to go on a date? Right. You know, the classic story of the couple that, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. <laughs> That's even creative, right? You're creating something that for a man to pick a date spot. I mean, for example, our one year anniversary is tomorrow. I'm surprising with oh. Megan doesn't know mm -hmm. where we're going. Right. I love surprises, so I'm excited where he so you, creatively So you have, a, you have an anniversary tomorrow, and then it's your birthday the day after that. Exactly right. Wow, yeah, you have a big a, week, It's Megan. a double header. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you. Every year. Every year. <laughs> it doesn't wow. change. <laughs> um, but, you know, just in that aspect, that that creativity, that creating a picture, because... You know, while setting up the date, right, I'm picturing the atmosphere of the restaurant. I'm right. picturing the drive there. I'm picturing the gifts and the whatnots and every single little detail. Basically painting, if you will, a mental picture of what this date is going to look like. Right. Yeah, That's a, a very a visual, creative process. You have a visual right. of, what it, of what it looks like in... To truly generate or create value in this world, it has to be something that is desired right. Right. by the world. I mean, you can still be creative and create something, um, but it may not be something that the world really desires, right? If you're, if you're coming from a place of anger, You're being creative in this world by bringing that anger in and creating creating a certain environment or creating a certain conversation or whatever. You're still being creative when you do that. But is that something that the world desires? Right. <laughs> Not necessarily. Not necessarily, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it could be used as a feedback mechanism in a relationship and so forth. And so anger might be appropriate. Uh, it may mean something that needs to be worked through. But um it's not something that's really desired in the world, but yet it comes from a creative aspect, you know, right. when you bring anger to. And Andy, I think the, the important piece to, to pick out there is they all have one common theme is that they're coming from somewhere that you're passionate about, either someone or something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. You're expressing creativity through whatever that is. So Zach is passionate about me and our relationship. So he's creating, you know, this anniversary, you know, date night for us. Right. Somebody that's angry, they're passionate about something, their passion's coming out and they're creating something that, you know, we may or may not like, but it's all stemming from you have passion, care, something that you deeply, you know, you deeply care about and expressing yourself through it. Also known as potentially a why. Sure. Well, well I mean, <laughs> sometimes change needs... Sometimes change needs to happen in the world, uh, and that's desired and valued by most of the people in society. And sometimes 
anger can be used as a tool to drive passion and conversation and whatever to affect that change. I'm right. not saying that anger is all bad. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, it's a tool within a mechanism to be creative in an environment and it, sometimes it's appropriate and sometimes it's not and it's not really valued and are you really generating value right. in the world? It's, that's all I'm trying to say in that um, in that conversation. So what stops us from being creative what what well, kinds of things would you know concepts ideas stops um, a human being from being creative in their life just to retouch on what i was kind of touching on in the beginning we're we're born creative right but society parents school education system automatically starts to train kids to fall in line to not be different, to not be creative, to not think creatively, to not think outside the box. And so there's there's this societal or this group outlook that if you're different, then I could possibly be shamed. So fear is a big one. Fear of being different. Fear of being mm-hmm. an outcast. Yeah. Fear right? of judgment. Fear of judgment. Yeah. Fear of... Uh, my, my bad um, word starts with a letter C is comparison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We start comparing ourselves to other people. So a uh, short discussion on what makes a person unique, right? Um, you have to start peeling the layers of the onion back to look at the uniqueness, right? So if you only look at a person and say, are they male or female? They're one or the other, but that doesn't provide the uniqueness of them, right? So you have to go and look at the fact that a person, um, you know, as an example, is a male. The fact that they're uh, five foot eleven. The fact that they, you have a certain look about their body. They have certain skills and talents. They have a certain personality. They were born on a certain date. They were born in a certain town. Uh, the fact that they have their own life story. You know, when you're when you're in a um, a dating situation, I want to sit across the table uh, from a woman, and I want to get to know about the uniqueness right. of this woman. So I'm going to be asking questions or having conversation that starts drawing all of those things out to truly understand the uniqueness of who this who this woman is, right? And so. Um, to to create things that are unique in the world, you have to be unique yourself. You have to understand the definition of uh, of that uniqueness, uh, and you have to look for that in in the person that you're sitting with, whether you just met them for the first time or their friends or family and have been for a while. Is what makes this person unique, and how can I appreciate that and acknowledge it? Um. And you have to understand that about yourself. Right. Right? If you start um, worrying about judgment of others, if you start comparing yourself to others, uh, if you are going to compare yourself to others, are you just doing it on, um, okay, Zach and I are males. Is that the level that I'm comparing myself to Zach? or, Or am I looking at the uniqueness of Zach and looking at the uniqueness of myself? And understanding that uniqueness and allowing for those two individuals to start being creative and bringing their unique ideas, their unique um, projects or whatever it is they're trying to bring value into the world. I'm going to appreciate that. Right. And and if, if we start getting concerned about what others think about what we're doing when they're not sitting there in a place where they want to understand you as a human being and your uniqueness, then why are you considering their input? Right. Right. And I think Andy, that's where comparison can actually be a positive term, not a negative term. Cause we were talking about before, you know, what stops us from being creative and it's that comparison of, you know, one person to the other. But I think we can use comparison as a good thing here as if we we're, we're sitting down next to each other and we're learning how we're different, how we're similar, and how to combine those differences into, you know, 
generating value once again mm-hmm. in someone's life. So being able to see comparisons, seeing differences um, within each other as as a good thing, um, that's where that can just completely flip that idea. Right. Right. Well, and to truly move into that unique space, I mean, the most unique people that figure out how to be creative with that uniqueness do are the most successful, generate the most value. Right. We, um, just like we were talking about, I mean, Justin Bieber, right. As we're talking about, I mean, he, he was unique. He came out, had an amazing voice, created a brand, became Justin Bieber. It became Mm -hmm. a household brand name that is unique. Right. But if every single person on the planet Earth started doing their hair like Justin Bieber, got tattoos like Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. started, couldn't sing like Justin Bieber, but tried. <laughs> <laughs> but if they could, let's say everybody was born with just angelic vocal cords, they would have no value. They'd just be an everyday commodity. They'd be like a paper towel, essentially. Well, that's why I have a, a, I have a little bit of amusement when I uh, watch these reality shows that uh, highlight people who are getting plastic surgery and they come in and they want to start carving up their bodies per se to be able to look like a specific celebrity or even a Barbie. A woman that mm-hmm. walk in and want to start carving up their bodies so they can look like Barbie uh, a kind of standpoint. When you, when you start doing things like that, then you start creating uh, more of a certain look a certain entity if you will that now all of a sudden you have a ton of them in this world well guess what you just now became a commodity and we're probably gonna have a a whole podcast episode on this uniqueness commodity piece Mm -hmm. as it relates to business and as it relates to people but uh exactly to your point zach when you bring your uniqueness to the table that's where you start getting the most appreciation in the world when you're willing to take the risk per se of putting yourself out on the world with your uniqueness so that people can start to appreciate that when you start right. delivering or generating value in their life. Right. Well, it's the same as if you use something tangible like a, a vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Your mass produced Toyota Camry does not turn heads. No. Right. It is a, it's an everyday vehicle meant to get you from point A to point B. That's it. Nobody's on the sidewalk breaking their neck to watch you go by. Right. Yeah, we but own you, one and we, <laughs> we lose track of which one ours is in the parking lot. Wait, is that one ours? Yeah, no, exactly. that's the wrong wrong place. <laughs> now, mind you, it's practical. It serves its purpose. It will drive forever and a day if we take care of it. That's the purpose it serves, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody's going, oh my gosh, that camera is just amazing. Nobody's drooling over it. But a Ferrari pulls up. Right. Mm -hmm. That is, it's unique. It's creative, right? You don't, Ferraris aren't mass produced, right? They're a very unique car. And back to our last podcast or um, previous is just the culture behind it generates a ton of value because of the creativity, because of the uniqueness. Yeah. So maybe you could take your Camry and paint it rainbow colors. It would definitely be unique. I don't know how much value it would generate in the world, but right. it certainly would be unique, right? Right. It certainly would turn your head. Right. Of course. <laughs> and that's when I think, you know, to to continue on this little analogy that Zach has, are you do you want to be a camera or do you want to be a Ferrari? Yeah. Do you want to be unique? Do you want to own that uniqueness? Uh-huh. Or do you want to just be the Camry that everybody has to figure out which one's theirs? Right. So I, I we, think it's safe to yeah. say the creativity starts with um, um, owning your uniqueness. And we'll get into that in a minute. But before we get into that, um, I, I want to continue on this topic of what stops us um, from being creative. So uh, I want to I want to bring in this word ego uh, into the into this conversation. So would the two of you agree that where we as human beings are the most creative is when we're children? hundred percent. Oh yeah. Right. 
we just come into the world. The world is a new place to us, and it's like looking at it like a playground, and can be playful and be ourselves. And well, you you, you got know, your imagination. Just, you're running around. You're, you're running around. Right. Playing, exactly. I mean, look back at his kids. You're playing cops and robbers, where you know you don't have any actual toys, no toy guns, anything like that. It's just a a stick. You see the world as a canvas almost. Right. Right. So what's what stops us? What what happens to us along the way of being a human being that stops us from being that way? Well, like there's at some point and and uh, there's a certain age of, of development where um, where popularity starts happening. What's cool? What's not? And if you're not following that, you get that judgment, right? And so I think that that fear of judgment, going back to a few topics ago, is you know, feeds into where, where ego starts coming into play. Right. Mm -hmm. Jack, what do you think? I think 100% it's, you know, jokingly, you've got to let go your ego, (laughs) um, to see that uniqueness because it's, it's really egos made up of pride and being able to be different is being able to drop your ego and not really worry about the comparison of others or what, how they might knock down your ego, quote unquote. Yeah. So my feeling is that we stop being that way when uh, the world, whether that be your parents or whether it be the external world or whatever it might be that uh, the the reflection and the bringing of love stops happening, right? We start having some hurts, whether it be um, directly through behavior or or through the just the absence of it, uh, starts creating um, hurts, traumas um, into our lives that we want to protect ourselves from. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to think of the ego as... Uh, uh, I have this candle or light that's inside of me, and I have this wall that's of a certain thickness and makeup of materials that is called the ego. And so the more traumas, the more uh, love is not being brought into our world, so to speak, that wall gets thicker mm-hmm. and thicker and thicker, and the ego gets bigger and bigger and bigger and doesn't allow our true light or true passions or true purpose in this world out into the world because we have to protect ourselves because yep. of what the world has thrown into us. Yep. Um, and, and we have two routes that we go with it, right? We build up a huge ego or whatever, and we retreat from the world. You know, we seclude ourselves in our homes. We don't put ourselves out there. We certainly don't put our uniqueness out there at all. And we just, uh, going back to our discussion in the last episode, we sort of get in our rubber dinghy. <laughs> and we just let the world just sort of push us around because we don't want to interact with the world. We don't want to put our purpose out in the world because of all the hurt and trauma we've had in our lives. Or we go the opposite route where we start boosting up our egos. We become narcissists. Um, we try to put out a different persona out in the world of what we want the world to think of us as opposed to what our reality is, right? We start wanting to fit in. Yep. We want to uh, we want to be um, looked upon with favor, so to speak, by society and others, and we want to fit into that. Even though to do that, we sort of have to change ourselves and take away our uniqueness from that. And so, uh, I, I I'm a firm believer in saying that our worst enemy in our life is our ego, because it stops us from being who we are in the world. Being unique in the world stops us from creativity and therefore stops us from really generating true value in the world that we were created to do uh, in this world. And for those that are big readers, there's an awesome book out there that's titled uh, Ego is the Enemy. Um, It's a fairly short read, but it's uh, when I saw the title, I was just like, oh, yes, somebody's writing about this this topic as much as I had excitement about Simon Sinek and his uh, uh, his Why How What book. 
I had the same kind of reflex when I saw ego Mm -hmm. as the enemy because I really feel like um, part of our journey in life is to deal with our with our ego. Right. We go we went back to talking about being the CEO of your life and creating the life that you want for yourself and, and living out your purpose. If you've got a huge ego problem that's built up from mm-hmm. traumas, whatever else, we have to go back and do self-healing, fix those issues, those traumas and stuff that we had in our life so that we can start reducing that wall of an ego and start allowing that light that we were created for in ourselves to start coming out into the world. So moving on, I mean, once the ego, once we can move past ego, that's a very, very big step, but... Again, we were created unique, right? We can't drive that home enough. As children, we are born unique. We are born creative. But if we can move past the ego and worrying about the fear, the shame, all that, it's owning that uniqueness that leads to the ultimate generation of value, if you will. Yeah, you have to own it. You have to be willing to put yourself out on the world and say, I am a unique person. I have a lot to offer in this world and have that mindset and then be willing to take the risk to go out and put it in the world and knowing that the world's going to throw or sling mud at you at times Um, and doing that and say, that's okay. Well, it's just back to the analogy of crabs in a bucket, right? You put a bunch of crabs in a bucket. One wants to crawl out. Mm -hmm. All the other crabs reach up and try to pull them back in. That's all society's doing is when you get ready to own that uniqueness, when you get ready to break free and be your own, be unique and truly create your destiny, create your future. The rest of society that says, no, 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 I'm just, we're all in just rubber dinghies and we're just going wherever life pushes us says, wait, you don't need that speedboat. <laughs> right. Right. You don't need to be creative. You don't need to direct where you're going. And so it's just their fear of you being different. So it's a projection from society, whether it be, again, family, friends, it can be some of the closest people to you that may be speaking out of goodwill, may be speaking out of love, but it's more of their fear being projected upon you that, oh, that's different. That, that, that scares me. So you should be afraid too. Whether it's negative thoughts, whether it's, hey, do you really want to do this? Own that uniqueness and go after it. Give it your all. If that's what you're passionate about, if that's what you're called to do, if that's what your creativity is yielding, do it and be unique. I mean, I love the saying, weird is wealthy, right? If you stand out from the crowd, you're going to stand out from the crowd. So own it. And don't care what anybody thinks. That's the biggest thing about being unique. You look at, again, anybody that's been ultra successful in this world was called crazy at one point. Well, when you want to go to a party, you know, you walk, walk into a place and you got 20, 30 people in a room and you need to party. Who do you want to go talk to? You're going to talk to the unique ones. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. The ones that are that are out there putting their personality out there and having conversation and and so forth. Those are the ones you want to hang with, not just... You don't want somebody to hang with the guys hanging out in the corner. Run to the mill. Yeah. Right. You don't gravitate to the ones that are hanging out in the corner kind of all bunched no. together. No. It, it's you gravitate like, towards the ones that are living their life out loud, right? right so exactly. to speak, whatever, whatever way that is. Right. And actually, Zach and I were kind of speaking about this on our way here to your house, Andy. Um, we were talking about, we were avid um, fitness folks. We, we work out daily together every morning and... Um, you know, we strive to work out differently, to lift harder than, than anybody else in the gym. And the, the thing is, is it's not just for a personal benefit of being, you know, stronger, fitter, healthier. It's also a benefit of you're noticed when you're different and mm-hmm. people gravitate towards that. People stop us and talk to us and just say, Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself because I see you guys in here working so hard and it's just, it's amazing to see. And so when you get that kind of reaction, you're able to instantly build a relationship with someone through, through that uniqueness, you know, we're able to impact their lives by inspiring them to be better, to be different as well. 
Um, so it's the same, you know, that same concept, just in a little bit different arena. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm a firm believer that creativity is, uh, regardless if you're looking at as a business or as a person is a, is a risk management issue, right? So it's, how many times have you heard the phrase, uh, no risk, no reward? Right. 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 So if you're not willing to take, take the risk of owning your purpose, owning your uniqueness, um, there's not going to be much reward in your life. So yeah, you can, you can manage risk a ton and never put yourself out on the world. And the world's going to leave you alone because you're just, so to speak, sitting in the corner of the room of your life, not putting much risk out there and not much interaction with the world. And yeah, you can just sit there in your rubber dinghy and just, well, it's and just, just like, wrong with life. Or are you willing to put some risk out there knowing that uh, just with a business, if you don't put the risk out there in your business, you're not going to get any rewards. It's the same thing in life. And, and, and it relates itself to creativity. If you don't take a risk with your uniqueness and saying, I have something to deliver to the world and generate some value and I'm not willing to put any risk or put some risk and vulnerability into it, then. Well, it's just like, you know, we're in the financial service business. Investing Mm -hmm. is part of what we do. Somebody can say, I'm afraid of any risk whatsoever. I'm taking all my money and I'm either putting it under my mattress or putting it in a savings account in a bank. Or Or I'm going to put it in a CD that when you understand how money works, it's actually going backwards, right? But it's safe. It's not volatile with the market. You're literally losing value, right? Right. Whereas you speak to any wealthy person, they are an investor to some degree. Their money is working for them. They've taken the risks to get there. It's the same exact thing in life or in business, in your personal life or in business. I mean, another analogy you think about back in the, you know, like the awkward dating phases of high school or whatever, right? You see a very attractive girl and you're a little insecure and it's Mm -hmm. scary to go approach that woman. Right. Because you might get rejected. You might take an ego hit, right? But you walk up to them, right? Like it wasn't comfortable for me to even send a direct uh, Instagram message to Megan, right? But I said, what do I have to lose? The worst thing I get told is no or ignored. And you take that risk and it can turn into a very, very fulfilling and rewarding path. Right. Whereas if you never take the risk, you're guaranteed to have no reward. Yeah. And I think, I think what it comes down to in both scenarios, talking about your dating, you know, example and the financial services example, it's like, if you don't take that risk, you're guaranteed not to grow, right? At least by taking that risk, you have an opportunity to grow and to change, Mm -hmm. right? But if you don't take that step, if you don't take that risk, you're guaranteed to go nowhere further. Right. Well, if you look look at it um, from a business world, right? You're out there creating a product or service. Um, Those who make the most money create a product or service that lends value to more people in this world. That's not to say that you're not being creative as a business. Uh, if, you, if you're going after a niche problem that's in a particular industry or in life or so forth, you're still being creative and you're, you're, you're going to be generating some, some value in, in, in the marketplace. Whereas uh, if you're going head on into a problem that a lot of people or a lot of businesses have an issue with, you're going to be very successful and make a lot of money as, as a business because the value that you're generating um, hits home with a lot of people. And that's a long-winded way of saying you sort of have to find your tribe, right? You can be a unique person, have creativity in your life and create a life for yourself that some people are going to see a value and some others are not. So part of finding 
friendships in your world or a spouse or a partner or whatever is owning your uniqueness, being creative, delivering your value to the world, and then finding the tribe, so to speak, out there that really appreciates that or sees a huge amount of value in that. Yeah, and Andy, I think the um, the point of, you know, providing something that's going to be valuable to a lot of people within that, you have to be creative and offer something that everybody else isn't doing or isn't offering, right? right? You have to make your personal product or service better than the rest or different than the rest, make it appealing to all those people. Right. Right. It's creating a uniqueness, right? So in the business world, the most, Mm -hmm. the most unique you can get is to, is to offer product service that you can go out and patent it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It is so unique. You want to capture that uniqueness and reap the rewards out of it from a, from a business perspective. And, there are certain protections in the government world that affords you that for a certain period of time because you were so creative and had such a big vision of a particular product or service that you created it and you get rewarded for it. You know, it's the same thing that you can have out there in the world as a person and a human being is that you living out your purpose, you're, you're being creative and you're offering something to people that encounter you that, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I want to, I want to hang out with Zach. I want to hang out with Megan, mm-hmm. uh, because they, they're living their life out loud with purpose. They're unique as individuals, and I want to be around that, right? And so you you start generating a ton of, ton of value from that perspective. So let's um, move on to what is the the role of creativity in one's life. Let's look at the personal side first, and then we'll move over to the business side. Uh, going back to our conversation at the end of the last episode about program management and senior senior life like a complex object like an airplane is the example we used in, in program management. Um, if you're structuring your life that way and using that as a model, that then allows you to start looking at each of those areas or facets of your life that's in your life program and how can I be creative in those areas? Right? So health and fitness is big in your guys' life. How can I be creative in that environment to lead a healthy life? I love that you brought that specific aspect up because we all know exactly what we've been going through COVID-19, the pandemic. Oh yeah. Well, at the, at the heat of this thing, when everything really hit the fan, all the gyms were shut down, right? A lot of people, oh, I got, I, I, I caught the COVID-15, you know, the extra 15, 20 pounds because they just opted to sit at home, do nothing about right. it. We got creative. We went to Home Depot. We bought some galvanized steel pipes, bags of play sand, five-gallon buckets, and we created a... Home Depot <laughs> workout system. Right. Right. Um, Using sort of everyday things, right? right exactly. Available at the store. Yep. Being able to regroup and still accomplish the same thing, right? Still accomplish our goal and still accomplish the purposes right. that's in that area, right? Um, and that serves a purpose in our lives because. The viewers may not know us personally extremely well, but if Zach and I didn't work out for a month, one of us would have killed the other. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so that is, that so is how our, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you put two alpha athletes in the same house and they don't have an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, but yeah. Yeah, so we we were it was almost forced creativity, but thankful for it because again it was a it was a conversation starter for us to show our uniqueness and add mm-hmm. value to people's lives because you know you post it on social media or talk to your friends about it and they're like oh my gosh like that's so cool like y'all are so unique like it just it it turns heads you know well I sort of want to um, get back into Simon Sinek's model uh, why how what. Um, Creativity, um, trying to get the right word here. 
the how of a person or the how of a a unit, whether it be a business or a family or whatever, uh, is is where culture lives the most, right? So, what kind of culture are you creating for yourself? Or if uh, take the two of you as a as a young married couple, the culture of your relationship allow the creativity of the other to come out, right? So if you're looking at your own life, what is your how? How do you want to live? And how, A, do you want to recognize the uniqueness of another person that's in front of you? Do you want to peel those layers back to understand that person? Because that's part of my culture is uh, uh, that's how I want to live. I want to live in a way since I get to know this person that's in front of me, whether I just met him for the first time or I've known him for years, to know their uniqueness uh, with all those facets we talked about at the beginning of the of the episode, from that perspective, how is my ha- the how of my life based? It's I'm going to allow, acknowledge, and support, and celebrate the uniqueness of the person that's in front of me or I'm in a relationship with Mm -hmm. or even my own children, for example. So creativity is not going to come alive in in this environment when I'm present with people in front of me, regardless of what, what our relationship is. How, how is Mike, the culture of Andy McDowell going to allow that creativity to be all those things, be present, be supported, celebrated, uh, and so forth. So from a, from a personal life standpoint, the how of your life and the culture is extremely important in allowing the creativity of others to, to exist uh, in your presence and how are you then supporting and celebrating that? Uh, is it is a way that you can offer a tremendous amount of value into a person's life if that's how your how and your life is built? So let's, let's move over to the business side. And it it's really the it's as we've mentioned before, it's all transferable. Absolutely. Well, the same exact things we just talked about, whether it's the health area, the spiritual area, the, the dating area, the relationship with your spouse area, whatever areas you have in your life, how can you, how can your creativity in your business help those in your business live out their creativity? Mm hmm. Right. You look at ultra successful companies. I mean, you look at something like a Google, right? They literally pay people to have to be a think tank. Right. They they say, here's a culture where you can think and be as creative as you want. There's no bounds. Here's something. Here's a problem. Or here's an area we want to go into and get better at. Or here's an area we want to be unique in to grow our value in this world. Be creative and come up with a solution. Right. It literally, the more creative those think tankers are, the more they're valued. Well, does, does your company have a, an open door policy per se where... Um a boss's or a leader's door is open. And if one of his or her teammates a direct reports or a direct report of a direct report or whatever, has an ability to walk into your office and say, I have an idea. They were creative. They were sitting at their, at their desk and they had some thoughts and they want to bounce the idea off of you. Uh, is it, well, do you have a culture of, well, if the idea didn't come from me as a leader, it's not worth anything. Or is it, no, I'm going to allow my people to be unique, to bring the best of what they have to offer to the world into. And I want to, I want to hear that idea. Uh, I, I might be able to punch some holes in it and why it might not work, but I'm going to have an open, honest conversation to go, hey, I really appreciate you coming in today, sitting down with me, expressing your idea. We had a conversation about it. From a risk management or whatever perspective, here's my concerns. 
And, you know, it's concern A, concern B, and concern C. Um, but I think we might be heading in the right direction. Here, you know, take my concerns, go back to your desk, uh, your office, whatever. Think about those things, and are there ways from like a risk management perspective we can overcome those concerns? And now all of a sudden you're getting a little bit of a snowball where this idea might actually grow into something that generates a ton of value to the world. But if you don't have that kind of culture where you're allowing that to bring, then it'll never happen. Right. Because you're resting all the the efforts on your shoulder because it boosts your ego to make you think that you, something good about yourself as opposed to having a how or a culture that allows that free thinking form to exist within your company and something actually comes out of it, you end up having engaged employees that actually want to get out of bed and come work for you. Right. And I think it's, you know, it's important, you know, for us, all three of us, we're business owners. So, so Mm -hmm. we need to be the ones that are creating that culture. But for, for our listeners, if you're not a business owner, are you working for a company that has that kind of culture that is, you know, open to letting you be creative and inputting ideas, or are they forcing you to be a Toyota Camry in their business? Right. Are they forcing you to just go with the flow? And that's where I want, if you're in that situation, I want you to think about, is that the way you want your life to look? Do you want to be stuck in that? Just clock in, clock out, do what your boss tells you to do. Or do you want to be in an environment that allows you to grow? Right. Well, the overarching theme here whether you're the business owner or you're in the business, you're one of the employees. Mm-hmm. As a business owner, are you inviting your 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 workers, your employees to be part of your why or just part of the how and what? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. As an employee, one, are you invited where you're at to be creative, to thrive, to be part of the why, to help establish the culture. And also, are you living out that creativity? If you're in a culture where that's welcome, but you're not really living out your why or trying to contribute to that culture, are you generating as much value for that company with where you're at in your life right now as you could be? I think these are very, very key questions we have to ask in our perspective roles. Yeah. So what what are um, we've touched upon it a little bit? What what are some of the ways that businesses can um, create or allow more creativity to exist uh, within their businesses? What what are some things that? Well, I think one's what we just mentioned is creating an open door policy for creativity, for suggestions, mm-hmm. for. Hey, I see this process is here. You know, I think we could tweak it this way or, um, you know, our missing statement is this. If we focused a little bit more here, you know, just suggestions again, to op- not necessarily to change the entire business, but just to have conversations and be open to those conversations is one. Right. Another, mm-hmm. another one, uh, would be to allow or figure out a way for employees to have more uh, time in their business day to sort of what I call create that white space in their day that they can be visionary, they can be creative to noodle on an idea or so forth. Or 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 are you filled up their day so much with tactical items that they're just like grinding out the workday and they have no ability to get uh, that space to be creative and and to think uh, of ideas, right? And I think at a a larger scale, as you know, the world, society, technology, everything is always changing, evolving, growing. Are you being able to be creative enough in your business to grow, change, and evolve with the times? Right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to get left behind. It's kind of like the example with Blockbuster. Blockbuster right. went out of business. Because everything became digital and they did not. They stuck with VHS DVD. Right. And when that became a non-factor and everything's on Netflix, everything's on YouTube TV, Hulu, whatever you've got, even Redbox provides more convenience, right? They went out of business, right? They didn't change, grow, and evolve with society. But with creativity, you don't have to go out of business. You just have to change the way that you do things. Well, Kodak is... 
example I uh, always yeah, use. Yeah, that's the, the film, same thing. Yeah, film in the film, film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the notion of incentivizing creativity? Can you, as a a, a business owner, create some either fiscal um, incentives or take a day off kind of incentive or something uh, to say if if you end up being creative and bring an idea to me that then translates into a new product or service for a business that helps us to make more money, then I'm going to reward you with a, a gift card or yeah. uh, a, a, an extra day off or something that reinforces that behavior um, within your company to help help push the company along. Yeah. I mean, you have to, the people within your business, you have to show that, you know, reward for their effort put forth or else you're not going to keep your good people. Right. Yep. You know, there has to be some sort of incentive, you know, for our business, you know, if they, if, if they meet their goals, they get promoted. Right. So there's got to be some somewhere that they're growing, some area that they're growing, not just, oh, thanks for the the new idea or thanks for the development. You have to stay put though, right? Yeah. That's well, not going to create happy employees. <laughs> when I was at Boeing, um, I ha- I'm co-author on two patents uh, that we created at Boeing and I've got fiscal incentives for bringing those ideas for us that ended up being approved by the U.S. government and becoming a becoming a patent for the company that the company owned that had some fiscal rewards for that. You know, so they, they incentivize that behavior to bring unique ideas uh, to the table. Well, I think that's going to um, wrap up our conversation today for creativity. Great, great conversation guys. Um, I, I often think creativity is sort of overlooked in people's lives. And it's not discussed uh, mm-hmm. enough or rewarded enough uh for helping to bring you know people's uniqueness to the world uh we all could fight for that uh in society to make that a reality so appreciate you y'all's thoughts on that um hope you guys got some uh, nuggets or tidbits out of this and that you'll think about ways that you can be more creative to um not allow your ego to stop you uh, from delivering that to the world um next topic is one Zach that um you and I've had a lot of conversation about and it's uh, it it's one of our favorite conversations. We're going to have a conversation about love versus fear uh and the role that that plays on it and my gut tells me that's going to be one of our favorite episodes that we put out on this podcast because it, well. it affects everybody's life. I don't care who you are. Every area. Every area of yeah. your life. So uh, definitely tune in next week. Yeah. Don't miss. So so with that, uh, Megan, thanks thanks again for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, uh, and I think, just like Zach said, tune in next week because I'm a, I'm a firsthand, slightly third party. I've listened to a lot of their conversations yeah. around that topic. You'll, you'll get some great nuggets out of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate you tuning in, uh, continuing to follow follow us on our journey of the podcast. We hope you have um, a great day, a great week, a creative week uh, that's going to allow you to generate some value in this world. And uh, Megan, Zach, and I are here cheering you on. Absolutely, yes. that, that you do that to your uh, bring that into your life. We bid you adieu, and we'll talk to you next week. Until then. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online at Primerica.com slash Brian with a Y, Z Levy, the Facebook and LinkedIn platforms. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on the LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram platforms. Simply search for Generate Your Value. 
Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.